And I'm not going to preach the same message, but I'm going to continue in the same book for what I want to talk about tonight. So Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to start at the beginning of the chapter tonight. And I want to talk about the crowns that God has waiting for us in heaven. How many know that what we're doing is not for just to do it? But God's got something for us when we get to heaven. And sometimes when we're trying to do right, we need a little motivation. Can somebody say amen? We need some, something to remind us that the hardships sometimes, the struggles, the sacrifices, the things we give up are worth what we're doing. Now, we shouldn't need that because we should just do it because we love God, but we are human, and it does help to have sometimes a little pat on the back. But sometimes we don't get even the pat on the back while we're on this earth, but we got to know we're working for something, as I said this morning, that's eternal, that's forever, and it's going to last, amen? And I want to read in chapter 1 of Matthew 6, and I'll give you the title in a minute after we read a few uh, verses here, but if you say, if you're there in chapter 6 of Matthew 1, Mateo 6, capítulo 1, versículo 1, perdón, say amen if you're there. Is it okay if I throw Spanish in every once in a while, guys? All right. As long as I don't preach in Spanish, right? And leave you behind? That's fine. Some people say, okay. So verse 1 says, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men. Not to be seen by them. Otherwise you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, don't sound the trumpet before you like the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That your charitable deed may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Amen. Father, tonight, open up our hearts. Anoint your word. This is a Sunday night crowd, and we're back because we love you, and we're excited about God, and we're excited about your kingdom. We're excited about spreading your word tonight, and Lord, as we've praised and worshiped you now, our spirits are ready to receive, and we ask you right now to, to pour out your presence upon us through your word. Speak through me, God, and let your words be my words and not my own, Father. And let your word come alive to us tonight. And we come against every spirit of darkness that would hinder the word of God from getting deep down inside of us and bringing forth fruit. We open up our hearts and our minds right now to receive in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I want you to write down, I'm working for a crown, not a high five or a pat on the back. Amen. How many know that's why we should do what we do for God? It's Like I said, I know human nature likes that pat on the back, and we like someone to tell us, hey, good job. And that should be there. That should exist. But we need to know tonight that Jesus is saying, I don't, I don't want you to serve me for man's approval or man's pat on the back. I want you to serve me for me. I'm gonna, come on, guys. You've got to give me some more amens than that. That's the truth. And you got to get to a place in your life where you begin to do things for God and not for other people's approval. Because there's going to be times in your life where no one's going to do right. It's going to seem like. It's going to seem like you're the only one. 
It's going to seem, and that's usually a lie, but God, the devil will try to make it seem that way. And you need to know what? I'm working for a crown that is eternal. And everything I do, everything I say, everywhere I go, every deed I do is for God and he sees it all. And I'm working tonight for that crown, not for a high five or a pat on the back. So we read there that Jesus gives these words. He says, take heed. When you do something for man's approval, guess what your reward is? That moment. That pat on the back, if you're working for a high five or a pat on the back, there's your reward. That's it. That's where it ends. And that's all you get. And even if it's a good pat on the back, even if it's a good high five, that's it. But if you're working the way God wants you to work tonight, you are going to get a reward in heaven that can even be expressed. That words could not even explain how awesome it's going to be. Then we went on to read this morning, and I want to go back to it again. If you go down to 19 and 21 of, of chapter 6, he says these words again, and it falls right into what God spoke through us this morning about our tithes and our offerings and giving and being in covenant with God. He says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. In other words, don't look for man's approval on earth. It doesn't mean that we don't understand, as Pastor Chris said on Wednesday, the accountability and the covering and the authority and the submission of a, of a house and a place where we stand under that. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean I'm a lone ranger. But it means that when I do what I do, I'm doing it for God. I'm doing it for something eternal. Because again, if we do it for the pat of the back or the high five, it's just something on this earth. Even if you got a reward here, that reward is going to perish. That reward is going to die. If you have a plaque, it's going to die eventually. It's going to burn. It's going to, it's going to disappear. It's going to get rust. But if you're doing something for God, it's going to be eternal. He says, do it for me where moth and rust destroy. So he says, don't lay up for your treasures in heaven where moth and rust destroy and thieves can break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So just like we talked about this morning about giving, you, God, you can't do anything for God in charitable deeds and outreach and clean the church and serving and, and testifying about the Lord. If you're doing it for any other reason than the right reason, then God's not going to bless it. You need to get to a place where you do those things out of the love of your heart. There's, there's, a, there's a, something that happens, and there are moments where you have to do it because you know you're supposed to do it. I'm not going to say those times don't exist. But if that begins to be there for a long time, you need to get to the altar of God and you need to repent and you need to say, God, soften my heart again. I don't want to be doing this because I have to. I want to do it because I want to. And I want to do it because I know that when I get to heaven, it's going to be worth every sacrifice, everything I gave up, everything I ever left alone, everything I ever denied, it's going to be worth it when I get to heaven. How many are still looking for that day when we're going to get that crown from God, amen? And we're going to get an eternal reward that no man and no woman can steal from us. And it's not going to be something quick it's not going to be something small so if you're taking notes tonight I want to talk about the five crowns that the Bible talks about that we're going to receive in the Bible now obviously we don't just automatically receive these five crowns and I might say this later in the message but I want to get it out now these crowns are not salvation 
This isn't a, you don't get that crown when you get saved. The crowns that I'm going to talk about is you are saved, you've made it to heaven. It's what you're going to get when you get to heaven. Your salvation gets you to heaven. Okay? Your faith in Jesus Christ and the cross gets you to heaven. But when you get to heaven, and I'll tell you at the end why you want to do this, when you get to heaven, you're going to receive crowns, and you're going to want to receive crowns. Have you ever been in an awards ceremony wishing you'd have got something? It's not that fun to be at an awards ceremony and see some other people win awards and you don't get anything. I'm promising you right now, and I'm giving you a heads up, as, he- as great as heaven is going to be, you don't want to be at the awards ceremony and not get your name called. You want to get something from God, amen? That, that's where that attitude comes in where we're just going to escape in and just barely slide in safe. How many know enough about baseball that sliding in safely to home plate is not as glorious and fun as hitting a home run is where you just jog around the bases? I want to hit a home run, amen? I want to get into heaven. I want to walk in there, and I want to have a grand slam prize, amen? I want to have done something big for God, amen? I don't want to just slide in for God. I want to do something big for God. The first one, if you'll get your Bibles ready and your notes ready, is in 1 Corinthians 9. Verses 24 and 25, this first crown that we're working for is called, just off the verse we read, the incorruptible crown. The incorruptible crown. The crown that cannot be destroyed. The, another word for it is the imperishable crown. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25 says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? And he says, Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. And look at this. They do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. So when somebody runs a race, when somebody's trying to get a, 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 something put around their neck or a trophy, they're getting something that will eventually be destroyed, but we are working for something that cannot be destroyed. Amen? And God, how many know that God is a just God? He's a fair God. And, and maybe sometimes awards and things that happen aren't very fair. And somebody might say, well, this person seemed like they were better. Or, or maybe somebody got left out. Let me tell you something. Nobody's going to get left out who did something for God in heaven. God sees everything. And you're not going to get passed by by God. So this crown, think about this as you're taking notes, is the crown that you're going to get for the sacrifices you've made for God. The things that you've given up. The things that you've laid down. Jesus said you cannot be my disciple unless you deny yourself. Unless you take up your cross. So again, there's going to be people who are going to get into heaven because they believed in Jesus Christ. They put their faith in him. But that's just about it. They didn't deny themselves. They didn't lay anything down. There was no sacrifice. There were those people who just kind of came and went through the motions. And by the grace of God, they're going to get in. I don't want to be that Christian. I want to be a Christian who's working and doing something not for my salvation, can I say that again, but for my reward in heaven. These are not crowns that we're getting that are called crowns of salvation. They're crowns that we're getting because of what we did with our salvation. 
people who, who literally have, have given up homes and possessions, money they've invested, they've given, sometimes left their own country, missionaries, people who have really sacrificed. I'm not saying you have to be a missionary and leave your country. People who have, who, have, who have died to things for the cause of God. You know there's going to be some people that are going to be in heaven, that are going to get a reward that people never knew they were working on. Because they did it just like Matthew 6 says, in secret. You know who some of the, to me, the greatest rewards are going get, to get, be given to in heaven are those people who know how to pray. And they have prayer closets. And they don't announce to the whole world that they're praying, but they're praying and God's seeing them pray. And they're people who intercede for people. People who do things on their own. People who have a true relationship with God and it's deep and they sacrifice. Sometimes when God says turn off the TV, they turn off the TV. Sometimes when God says don't eat that, put that in your wallet. Put that in the offering later. I'm just giving you some ideas, some sacrifices people have made. Those kinds of things are going to be the incorruptible crown. People who were willing, listen, to make God first in order to successfully complete the call and mission of God. People who understand that. So basically, this means you run the race that God has set out for you and be the very best that you can be. You have to ask yourself tonight, am I doing the very best I can do? Probably not all the time. Can we work on that, though? Amen? Am I I sacrificing? Am I listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit? Many times God will ask you to do something. Maybe it's physically, monetarily, spiritually. It's a sacrifice. And behind that sacrifice and that obedience is a reward. And you need to weigh it out in the balance and say, well, I just don't feel like it. And you might miss out. But if God asks you to do something and you obey, there's a reward behind that. And just like you put money in a savings account that's going to be there later, you, can, you are putting rewards in heaven that are going to be there later. Amen? You are putting something up in a place that nobody can get to. It's a, it's, a, it's a place that no robbers can get into and steal. It's a place that nothing can be destroyed by rust or moth. It's a place that it's being chalked up to your credit every time you do it. The second crown is the crown of rejoicing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. The first one was the crown that's incorruptible. The second one is the crown of rejoicing. 1 Thessalonians 2, 19 and 20. Primer Thessalonicenses 2, 19 20. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? It is not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sorry, is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ? At his coming, for you are our glory and our joy. This crown right here is to those who are faithful witnesses for Jesus. Amen? Faithful witnesses for Jesus. People who share their faith with other people. People who tell other people about Jesus. People who don't have to be told, hey, go to outreach. Hey, take some Jesus cards. Hey, do something. There's there's something inside these people that wants to talk about Jesus. They don't have to be pushed. It comes out of them. The Bible says out of your heart, out of the the heart proceeds, out of the mouth, sorry, proceeds what's in your heart. Amen? So if you're in love with God, God's going to come out of your mouth. 
If he's he's the master of your heart, Jesus is going to come out of your mouth. You're going to talk about him without someone putting something in your back and saying, talk. Amen? You're going to want to talk about Jesus. And it's going to come out of you. The Bible says in Daniel 12, 3, Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those, listen, who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. If you're taking notes, put this in parentheses. Another name for the crown of rejoicing is the soul winner's crown. You need to ask yourself tonight, am I going to have a crown that is a soul winner's crown? I'm not saying this to condemn you. I'm saying it to encourage you. Get to work. Do something. When the time comes and say, okay, everybody gather around. We're going to have the crown of rejoicing. And you're going to remember what that crown of rejoicing was. And you're going to begin to think, oh, no. Let's go on to the next one. Amen. I did not tell anybody about Jesus. I didn't lead anybody to the Lord. I didn't pass any Jesus cards out. I didn't go on outreach. I didn't share my faith. I didn't witness. Hello? And they're going to start calling people up. And God's going to give us that crown. You do not want to miss out on that crown. Because Proverbs 11.30 says, He who wins souls is wise. Well, you don't understand. I've tried and I've talked and nothing's happened. I'm not saying that you're the one that's going to get them saved. Amen. You just talk. And you don't even know what, you don't even know if you talk to somebody today and plant a seed in them, if down the road they get saved by somebody else. My Bible says some water, some plant the seed. God gives the increase, amen. As long as you talk and plant a seed and they come to salvation, you're going to have a part of that crown. Amen. But you got to open your mouth to be used by God. He who wins souls is wise. So what does that mean? Does that mean if I didn't actually say the sinner's prayer with somebody that I'm not going to have a crown? Although that is the that is the great that right there in itself is the greatest reward. If you've ever been able to pray personally with somebody for their salvation, it's an awesome, awesome blessing. And say, pray this prayer with me. And you say the sinner's prayer. But this is how God's going to judge you. He's going to judge you by your willingness. By your willingness. This goes back to what we talked about this morning. The heart issue. Why we do what we do. Do we do it with the right attitude? Do we do it with the right heart? So he's going to say, I looked at your willingness and your desire to witness to other people. To tell other people about me. Not necessarily those that get saved. Because like I said, some water, some give the increase. But your willingness to share. The fact that you think about it. The fact that your, your mind is on souls means God's got a hold of your heart. Number three is the crown of life. James chapter 1, verse 12. The crown of life. Santiago 1.12 Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Anybody ever gone through a trial for the Lord? Anybody ever had some struggles for the Lord? 
Anybody ever endured some temptation for the Lord? This is the crown that God has for us, the crown of life. Amen. That we would go through something now, especially, especially this crown of life is specifically, more specifically, it doesn't mean just for them, but especially those who have died in Christ's name. It could be called the martyr's crown. There's a special crown for those people who have died for their faith who have given their life for Jesus, amen, who have suffered trials and tribulations and, and, and those severe things even unto death. Revelations 2, 8 and 11, re- listen to what this says. Write it down if you're taking notes. To the angel of the church in Smyrna, write, these things says the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. I know your works, your tribulation, and your poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those which you are about things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. But he says, Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Well, does that mean you got to die a martyr's death? Maybe it means that the attitude you need to have is I'm going to serve you till I die, Father. Till the day I breathe my last breath, I'm going to be serving God. Amen. What a tragedy and a sad thing for somebody to get saved and live for the Lord for a while and then on their deathbed not be serving the Lord. They didn't make it unto death. Amen. I want to be, re- I want to be serving God till the day I breathe my last breath. Amen. He says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And he who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Got two deaths. Amen. One is your physical The other one would be spiritual without God. He said, he who overcomes, he who endures till the end, get that crown of life. So Jesus says that he will give this crown to those who undergo severe hardship, testing, tribulation, physical death, or those who are willing to die for Jesus. That your faith in God is your ultimate sacrifice. That you are so committed that you say tonight, I would die for Jesus. Amen. I would die for Jesus. If somebody came and stuck a gun to my head and said, deny Jesus Christ, I would not do it. I would say, no, pull the trigger. I'm not going to deny Jesus. That means you're willing to die for Jesus. Amen. That's the spirit and the willingness and the attitude that God is looking for. Because remember, he is weighing the intentions of our hearts. He's weighing it. Number four. The crown of righteousness. This is the one I want to focus on the most. The crown of righteousness. We don't necessarily have a promise we're going to get all these crowns. Might not die a martyr's death. But this crown right here is one that probably is for all of us. Specifically, the soul winning one is too, of course. But 2 Timothy 4.8 says this. This is kind of where we're at right now, tonight. How many of you have been in, 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 in like the mall or someplace or even watching TV commercials and you see all these advertisements for things that are talking about incentives? For example, the military. The military will begin to talk about 
you know, be all you can be. And, and they'll talk about the Marines, they'll talk about the Navy. They've all got their own slogans. And they're trying to recruit people to get into the armed forces. And they'll say, sign up today and receive $50,000 for college. Okay? Right? Is that what they say? They'll say, sign up today, receive $50,000 for college. What they don't understand is just because they sign up and that says, thing says there's $50,000 for college, for one, that's the max you can get. And then you have to do certain things to get it. And then it might not be all at once, and on and on and so forth. And what they're doing is they're throwing up this really exciting, sound, good thing, and they're not necessarily going to give it unless you're perfect and do everything perfectly right to receive it. So it could almost be called false advertising, but they're really not lying. They're saying, join the Navy and see the world. Right? That sounds appealing. So you got these people signing up because they're thinking about seeing the world. But it doesn't say where you're going to see the world from. Amen? All kinds of promises. If you're in the Air Force, you can fly high in the U.S. Air Force. It doesn't say that you might get shot down while you're flying high in the Air Force. It doesn't say that not everybody gets to be a pilot. How many get what I'm trying to say? We're looking for a few good men. You could be one of us. And they have all these great incentives. They talk about the travel, the college, the bonuses. But one thing that they don't mention is the sacrifice and being willing to count the cost and being willing to give their lives. They don't really mention all that stuff in the recruiting process. God's not like that. We've been talking about that as a fan and a follower in this series last month where God lays it all out in front. He says, you know what? Serving me is not going to be easy. Serving me is going to be a little difficult. And he says, matter of fact, the road that I expect you to walk on is a tightrope. It's really, it's really narrow. It's really hard. He says, but if you'll follow me, he says, I'll make it all worthwhile. I've got something eternal waiting for you. Amen. So he, he's, he's honest. But right here in 2 Timothy 4.8, under the crown of righteousness, he says, finally, there's laid up for me, and there is one more crown, so it's not the last one. But he says, finally, there's laid up a crown for me of righteousness. Watch this. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me, but watch what the prerequisite for that is. But also to all who have loved his appearing. Tonight, we are watching and we're looking for the second coming of Jesus Christ. For his return to the earth. Amen. For him coming back to get his church. And he says there's a crown of righteousness for those people who are living their lives accordingly. I want you to really think about this. What does that mean? The crown of righteousness. Don't we understand scripturally that I'm not righteous in my own works? Don't we understand scripturally that I could not be righteous or good enough in my own works or in my own self? I'm made righteous in Jesus. Right? I'm made righteous in him. I'm made perfect in him. I'm forgiven in Jesus. The cross has been placed before us. Jesus died on it. And because of all that work, we're righteous tonight. But once we've been given that opportunity, once we've been saved, then we have to begin to walk out our salvation. The Philippians says with fear and trembling. And we need to begin to walk, begin walking in a way that's pleasing to God. What a concept. Right? 
I love what Pastor Chris said. He said, greasy grace. I don't want to live a life that has greasy grace. You know what greasy grace will get you? No crown. Come on. He's talking about the crown of righteousness. What this means is there's going to be a crown for people who on this earth lived a righteous life. They said, no, there, those, there's, there's some lines I'm not going to cross. There's some things I'm not going to do. There's some places I'm not going to go. There's some things I'm not going to listen to. There's some things I'm not going to agree with. I'm setting myself apart in righteousness. I, I've been made clean by Jesus, and I want to stay clean. Just because I know Jesus can cleanse me doesn't mean I'm going to go out and get dirty so he can come clean me up again. A crown of righteousness is for that person who every day is living their life like it's their last day. Who's living in a way that's, you know, how many got, have gotten married recently? We've had quite a few marriages recently, right? When you're getting ready for that marriage, you're, you're putting that wedding gown on. You're putting your tuxedo on. It's a special day. You're getting all made up and pretty. We need to live that way every day for God. We need to have our prettiest clothes on. We need to be dressed to impress. Amen. We need to be living a righteous life because Jesus can come back today. Jesus can come back tomorrow. Jesus could come back the next day. And I need to live every day like that so I can get a crown of righteousness. I'm standing and waiting and watching for him when he comes back. This means that I'm not as a Christian watching and looking for what I can get away with. There's not going to be a crown. Some, sometimes people don't understand. Well, that you might still squeak into heaven, but there'll be no crown for you. This, this crown is for people who set themselves apart. It's for those people who are, again, not going, well, here's the line. How close can I get to the line and still be saved? The crown of righteousness is for somebody who in, in, in not in any way, shape, or form wants to even be near the appearance of evil. Timothy talks about abstaining from the very appearance of evil. If something doesn't look right, if something doesn't seem right, it's probably not right. And I should leave it alone. I should stay away from it. This is a crown of people who are different. They're set apart. They're watching and looking and saying, God, when you come back, because those that get their house broken into, according to the Bible, when that thief comes, it says that, that when a thief comes to steal and to destroy, and comes in to rob that house, he catches them off guard. Right? He catches them with the door unlocked. He catches them with the garage open. He catches them with, with them not paying attention. It's not living in fear, but it's living alert. It's living respectful. It's respecting God's plan and God's holiness and God's love and God's sacrifice and saying, Lord, I want my house to be clean. You know, how many times do we as people, when somebody's coming over, we go and we run and we clean up and we, we do all this stuff because somebody's coming over. Well, how about if Jesus comes over when we're not expecting him? Amen. We've got to keep our life and our house and our temple ready at every moment so that when Jesus comes, I'm ready. 
And if he knocks on my door at 2 o'clock in the morning, I can say, Jesus, come on in. If he knocks on my door on a Saturday at 3 in the afternoon, Jesus, come on in. Amen. And do you want to come in to the living room? Do you want to come into the kitchen? Hey, come on into my bedroom. Hey, want to go into my closet? Want to go in the backyard? Go wherever you want. That's the crown of righteousness. Somebody who's living a life that's not hiding something from God or trying to get away with what they can get away with. They love the Lord all their heart, all their soul, all their mind, and all their strength. That crown's not going to be for everybody. But I want it. We should want that. Some of us in here are going, hey, I don't really need no crowns. I'll be good with salvation. That's wrong. That's not a, that's not a godly, excellent attitude. And the, you know, there's a certain truth to that. There is a truth to that. You're going to be there. So you say, I don't care. I don't really think that's going to be true. Because you know what? Eternity is a long time. What if God takes half of eternity to do the rewards? You're going to have a bad half of eternity. I know that doesn't calculate, but you understand what I'm saying, right? What if he drags that out? You're thinking, golly, am I ever going to? This ain't good. I wish. I wish. You're going to say, I wish I would have done something for God. Wish I would have sacrificed a little more. I wish I'd have lived a little more righteous. Wish I'd have said no to a few more things. I wish I'd have told some more people about Jesus. How many of you get what I'm trying to say? It's not for our salvation. It's for the reward, and it's what we're doing with our salvation. If you're a believer, you've been made righteous. But what are you doing with it? So I wrote down here some of the greatest rewards that God can hand out once they get into heaven will be for those that have lived that righteous life for God. And it will be worth every sacrifice. Finally, there's a crown called the crown of glory. The crown of glory. 1 Peter chapter 5. I'm just reading straight from the Bible on all these things where it says crown. Trying my best to explain them to you. And this is the fifth one. And this is actually for just even a little bit higher expectation. This is just a little bit raising the bar a little more. This is for those who want to just go a little further. And don't want to just be pew warmers. Don't want to just sit on the bench. This is for those who want to take a little risk. Do I have any risk takers in here? I got a couple. A couple, three, four. All right. That's usually about what the percentages are. But how many know with great risk is great reward? The more you risk, the more reward. Because the reward is it's greater, obviously takes more risk. This is the one, read this with me, verse 1 of chapter 5. Primer Pedro, capítulo 5. The elders who are among you, I exhort you. I am, sorry, I who am a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion but willingly, not for dishonest gain but eagerly, not as being lords over those who entrusted you, but being examples to the flock. 
And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. This crown is more for the leaders. Those who are not afraid to climb up the ladder. Amen. And you've heard before, possibly let your underwear show as you go up the ladder. Amen. The danger of the more you go up, the more people see who you are and how real you are. People who are willing to stick their, stick their neck out on the line and say, you know what? As I, how many know to whom much is required or much is given, much is required? Do you realize that's one of the reasons a lot of people don't do anything for God? Because they don't want to have to answer for it. I say the risk is worth it. And I'm too far in to turn back anyways. Amen. I've come too far. I can't go back now. It's kind of like when you get into a gang. It's, you know, you're in. You got to get jumped out. I'd have to to get jumped out to get out of God's gang now. Amen. I'm in. I'm staying in. Amen. The further in you go, the more you say, I'll take that responsibility. I'll be at Sunday school teacher. I'll work in the nursery. I'll be on the praise team. I'll preach. I'll teach. I'll do those things. There's a greater risk and a greater responsibility, but there's a greater reward. Wouldn't it be like God to reward those who have done the greater risk? Give them the greater reward? If pastors and leaders are going to be held to a higher standard, we should get a higher reward. Because we did it. And that's what this crown's for. Teachers, preachers, Sunday school teachers, missionaries, those who teach the word, those who lead in their respective ministries. This is that crown for those people who say, you know what? I'll take the risk for God. Amen? So if I've talk, as I've talked about a few crowns tonight, does anybody in here want some of them? Amen. That'd be kind of like this morning. Does anybody want more money? I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer, right? You don't have to think, um, let me get back to you on that one. Kind of common sense. Yes, I want some crowns. Can I tell you why you want them? Let me finish with this. This is why we want crowns. Some people will say, I don't really need a crown. I love God, and I don't need anything before him, and I'm good, and I'd just be happy to be in his presence. But see, you don't understand scriptures. Let me show you why you need crowns. It's not just so you can walk around and show off your crown. Look, look at my crown. Look, how cool. Check it out. See it? It's not what it's for. If that's what it was for, we wouldn't do, we wouldn't do it. See, God's smarter than us. He goes, I know they wouldn't do it for that. Here's why we do it. Go to Revelations chapter 4. I'm going to show you why we need crowns. And I'm not talking about some of your teeth. Or my teeth. We need crowns. Revelations 4. Tell me amen when you're there. Apocalipsis capítulo 4. Versículos 10 y 11. You there? Here's why we need crowns. The 24 elders fall down before him. Verse 10. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power 
For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. You know why you need crowns? Because you need something to place back at Jesus' feet when you stand before him. That's why you don't want to be empty-handed. If, if I didn't catch you on the receiving part, that you'll get them. I can live without them. I don't like watches. I don't like jewelry. I don't need that. If I didn't catch you on that, trust me, you're not going to want to stand before Jesus empty-handed. You're not going to want to have your name called and Jesus say, enter in, good and faithful servant, and not have anything to place back at his feet. I don't know about you, but I want him to have to call in the trucks. Amen? Call in the trucks. Bring in the, bring in the freight loader so I can put my crown at your feet, Jesus. Amen? That's not prideful. That's wise. I want to do everything I can to pay back my Jesus, for what he's done for me. Amen? I want to give something back to my Lord. Amen? How many want to give something back to God? So we're not working for crowns for us. We're working for something to give back to the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word tonight.